Imagine this. Imagine you're playing Madden and you create a player and that player goes on to win the Super Bowl MVP and every other accomplishment imaginable. Now let's say you load up Call of Duty and you'd like to use that same Super Bowl champion quarterback to fight the front lines of the battles of World War II. Imagine if that was possible, the technology that could make that a reality would be known as the universal player character or UPCs. So this idea of is really simple. Take your character and load it into different games. The items, abilities, and story might change depending on the game you're playing, but your character remains the constant. Now, this idea isn't really new. There's a number of examples I can go through, but right off the jump, Greg, um, you and I are gamers. We have been for a long time, and so I want to see when you think about UPCs, the idea of taking one character across all your games, or at least having the option to do so, what do you think about that? I mean, I think that's awesome. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, Ready Player One, obviously, um, because that's kind of, you know, a full-fleshed metaverse um, where they can have they have the one character and they're able to, you know, go do a race or go do a climb or go hang out in the bar or whatever they want to do with that character. And those are all, you know, different game instances within that metaverse and they're all using that one UPC character uh, to do all that stuff. And that's their, you know, that's their brand when they're inside of this huge metaverse that this all encompassing area where you can do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an awesome future, but I, (laughs) I also think it's quite a ways away. Right. Because uh, that is definitely a, a completely different version of what we have now. So I I mentioned some of the examples. I'm going to go through a couple. Uh, Pokemon, good example uh, for anyone who played Pokemon. I haven't played some of the new ones, but I definitely remember playing a lot on the Game Boy. And you could um, use a save from a previous game and load it into the new one. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront lets you link your accomplishments. So maybe not your character, but you are linking something. Mass Effect allows you to use the decisions you made in previous entries and import those to build the world of the next sequel. Um, And EA Sports even actually probably got the closest. They allowed you at one point in time to take a player you created in NCAA football and import them directly into Madden. But all of these examples are actually pretty limited compared to the UPCs we're talking about within a, a metaverse or the idea that you could really take a character and take him or her them anywhere and that is that is a a a big step to to your point so um one thing i do think that's going to be a an issue is individual companies like you said you know if ea you have a character in madden are they going to want you to then be able to take it over and play uh you know a game on ubisoft like play splinter cell with your same character like what's the financial motivation for them to work with separate companies you know right there are from my perspective technical limitations as well as just practical business limitations oh yeah you're in unity or a different right. language and yeah it's how are you going to bring character over right and then like does i think a good example is MMORPGs, World of Warcraft, owned by Activision Blizzard, Blizzard, which is now owned by Microsoft, versus Amazon's New World RPG, two very comparable games, 
but from two very competitive companies. So there's, you know, there's, there has to be business sense too, even if the technicals match up. So Ruben joined the call and Ruben, we've just been talking about the ideas of UPCs as well as some of the uh, challenges, maybe some of the precedents. So from your perspective, I really want to know where the limitations you think lie and then where you see the opportunity uh, for UPCs to be developed from here. Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, I don't think the limitations are technical. I think they're political. I think they're commercial. I think they're economic. Um, but I but fundamentally, what you're what we're talking about here is an object or a vehicle for data, right? Like most of the, um, I mean, like it, it's just an object, right? Like it, it's a, it's a JSON, basically a fancy JSON variable, right? Like if if the ones and the zeros that we're all putting into these devices can talk to each other, um, there's a there's a we're basically talking about a standard, right? So. You look at Mario, uh, you know, who has, you know, legs equals two and hat equals one. And if you go inside the hat, then hat equals red, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason that works is that the system that um, we've, we've agreed upon uh, allows all these developers to come into this company. And they don't have to, they don't have to come with, um, you know, they don't have to get together and build the language. They're actually building, they might be building in C++, which was built on top of this other language, which was built on top of binary, et cetera, et cetera. I think the same, the same is true here. I think the thing that, um, that I get excited about is the idea that um, just like I own my IP, well, um, the website that I visit doesn't own my IP address, right? That comes through my ISP, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I feel as though something similar could be done on the individual user level, where uh, basically I, as the user, get to modify and or edit my little uh, vehicle for my persona. And that would include things like an FBX file, right, which is like a 3D vector graphic, which can represent this way in Unity or that way in Unreal. Maybe I have like another sort of parent-child structure which can represent itself this way in a text game or a 2D game even, et cetera, right? So you're, you're kind of imagining like everyone gets their create-a-player screen for just for themselves and whatever those settings become will automatically interact with these different games and fill whatever inputs they need to manifest your player within each world, each game. In theory, the reality is is that that would break every game, right? Um, because we because it wouldn't it would just be limited to the um, visual cues in terms of like this many pixels, and I've got some wings, and that person has some hot pants, etc. Um, you're also talking about things like like if you truly give the player to the player, I should be able to go in and say I have a billion strength, right? Which sort of defeats the purpose of most games. So you have to bound that. Um, sort of god mode, if you will, by the local laws and customs of the relevant gaming environment. So, picture, if you will, I go up to the game, and I'm Ruben, and I have some wings, and they say, okay, but those are cosmetic in this game, we don't really have flying here. And they basically take a clone of my parent stack, right? The things that I've said that I want to be, and look like, and sound like, and behave like. Um, they clone that, and they build a version 
um, that is local so that uh, uh, I can sort of, so that I don't, have, I don't have a billion strengths in the game where everybody else has five strengths, right? Um, and so that you sort of give the characters the flexibility and you give the local laws of the game developer the ability to moderate that, um, which sort of balances those equities to be able to make an actual game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so basically I could create a player, I could fill in a thousand attributes, but if the game I'm playing only accepts a certain 10, well, then that's just all the game will accept. My other 990 attributes are effectively meaningless for this specific game, but they still exist with my player and they still may be relevant for other games that would accept them. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like making up a new word. It only means something if the other party agrees that that word means something. Okay. So I want to drill in on what, because you mentioned right from the jump that you don't view there being a technical limitation. And do you mean that in theory? Because like, if companies wanted to, they could figure it out because, and I'm not an expert here, but if one company uses one game engine and another uses a different one, I mean, like maybe in theory they could make it work, but just like practically, you do you think that's just a, like too high of a technical mountain to overcome? I think whatever vehicle that you're using has to be um, voluntarily adopted by the relevant parties involved. Okay. Um, and that, and it's not really a technical issue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's an issue, uh, yeah. but it's just not a technical issue. No, yeah. that, that goes back to the, the other constraint, which we talked about, which I mean, you've talked about too, political, whatever you want to call it, political business. Um, it, but it comes down to who wants to collaborate. So, Obviously, some of the biggest players, in my mind, probably aren't motivated. They're already making money. Where do you see the most fertile ground for collaboration to build communities where UPCs actually have some utility? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, you got to. Uh, the question is, cui uh, bono, um, right? Who who stands to benefit? And. Um, I think in this case, if I were a powerful proprietary platform, I wouldn't necessarily be excited about um, third parties coming in and doing a bunch of stuff, uh, leveraging all of the hard work that I invested and, um, you know, building a team and building a company and building a product and then just taking all the awesome and then (laughs) running over to my competitor, right? So I'm not necessarily going to be incentivized to do that let alone in creating an environment where players have um, perhaps too much agency from my position um, because that could sort of break the game mechanics, right? Um, You know, and and there's there's divisions in companies that are responsible for trying to reduce uh, things like bots or other Mm -hmm. forms of agency. Um, Where I think there's an opportunity is uh, the indies. And I think... um, just really, really simple games to start with. Um, one of the proof of concepts I was toying around with around this time last year was uh, because in order to have that sovereignty as a as a um, an object, you would want to route the data not to the user, uh, which would then um, just use that that UPC as a key, but but pretty much route everything through that UPC. Um, which means that you could reroute it to somewhere else. So picture, if you will, um, I play a game, right? And I play a game, the game for a week. But mm-hmm. all the event data 
uh, becoming from me the computer and 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 vice vice myself to the gaming environment is routed through that UPC. So I route that to let's say a GPD three instance, um, Google's machine learning uh, sort of product, and I say, hey Google, um, watch how I play for a week. After a week, I'm going to hand the reins over, and then I want you to play as though you were me, based on my behavior, which is not something you could really do um, outside of that environment uh, because nobody would let you, so to speak. Yeah, you know what's funny? That kind of reminds me. Uh, I used to play WoW back in the day, and people would do gold farming. But um, I, I mean, it's been a while since I thought about it. But I'm sure nowadays, gold farming with AI could just be so automated. Um, God, you could probably make a thousand characters do it in no time. Well, so that's, that changes the game dynamic though, doesn't it? Right? Like if everybody's doing that, oh, yeah. um, what is the value of gold? It sort of ends up moderating, so to speak. Um, and, and so I think when we start thinking about the idea of a game and what a game is, um, those those sort of lines start to blur a little bit. Um, the, the proof of concept I was, I was going to try to do, uh, it, was, it was a game called Do the Dishes, uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, do the dishes uh, is a game where somebody has to do the dishes. Nobody wants to do the dishes, but if nobody does the dishes, everybody dies. It's a very simple game. <laughs> um, and so um, <clears throat> I was going to get uh, two GPT-3 instances. I was going to teach one English, but only using the English of Bjork's lyrics. And the other one, the same, but with like a transcript of all of Joe Rogan's podcasts. And then it's going to shove them into this environment where they fought each other and argued about how, who wasn't going to do the dishes. Uh, and then just run the script, you know, 5,000 times or <laughs> however long it took to get some interesting uh, sort of dialogue, so to speak. Um, and just sort of use that as proof of concept to, to see what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was never quite got around to it before I started chasing um, this, this, uh, this other project uh, in, in the sort of audio space. But um, I, I spend a reasonable amount of time with a bunch of devs um, uh, in the in the video gaming world um, from uh, some of the titles that were mentioned um, and orgs that were mentioned earlier in this, in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the general consensus was, quote, unquote, Ruben, that is what we call a deliciously bad idea. <laughs> Which is that I want to work on that. I want to build that. But there's no way we would be able to get that past the uppers, you know, at, at, yeah. at whatever game company. Because it's it's just too scary, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, we're kind of getting into touching on AI a bit here. Um, but it, it to me, it almost it's almost an argument against UPCs, or maybe not UPCs, but the idea of creating this this very um, universal space that would include a lot of different games. Because to your point, if you find a way to break a game today, you've just broken the game, but it's a very insulated environment. If you open up all environments to interact with each other via UPCs and someone finds a way to break it, I mean, you run the risk of breaking the entire system, right? And then all games are affected. Well, so, I mean, you could say the same about um, a JSON object, right? Or mm-hmm. the pixel or uh, the MP3, right? They're just standards. Um, and I think in this context, um, you know, I can see, I think the hard part is going to be figuring out a responsible 
um, authority structure, right? Like if I go into, you know, let's say, just, just use existing examples. So let's say I, I, I go into Call of Duty 500, for example. and um, Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. And so I go in there and, uh, uh-oh, somebody chopped off my leg with their teeth or something. And so in this game, I no longer have a leg. Now, did I just lose my leg in all games all of the time? Because this is the universal player character, right? So surely that must be possible. Well, in a traditional environment, if I had, if I was gifted this character from the local environment, from Call of Duty, maybe they'd be able to take that away from me and I couldn't have, and my leg would just disappear from all the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I own my character, well, just because they had a clone of my parent stack, they wouldn't actually have access to the parent stack. But they, what they could do is they could say, hey, I'd like to take your leg from all games. You no longer have a leg here. I want to take it from all games. Will you let me? And I could either accept or deny. Um, okay. But having that sort of portable progression is a really interesting dynamic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. No, no, that makes sense. It's a, There's still a hierarchy there that protects someone from enacting a change throughout every game that's connected. No, that makes sense. Well, we're, we're running up on time, but uh, I have a question for both of you. Um, you know, being, there's so many games, if you could, if you could pick one game where you could take your character and export them anywhere, is there a game that you have in mind, a character that you have in mind that you would like to just plunk into any game? For me personally, I tell you, I wish I could take my Skyrim character um, and like this giant, human-sized battle axe into something like Madden or Call of Duty, but um, that's my wish list if I could if I could do it. I don't know if either of you have one in mind, but... I just think, uh, I mean, I'm a huge, you know, sports game fan, so I think just cross-sports would be awesome to be able to have a character that you have in Madden and then take over and play MLB and then go play uh, 2K with him and just be able to progress throughout the years and not have to every single year rebuild, you know, a character from scratch going through the franchise mode. That's like the one I can't believe doesn't exist yet. It just seems so, so doable, especially with EA making every game for every sport. Yeah, they own all the games. Like just- <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Ruben, how about you? Man. Uh, I play a bunch of weird games. Um, you know what? My, my instinct was was to lean towards um, cyberpunk um, with my character who has like basically fancy machine Wolverine blade arms. Um, but I'm but I'm thinking actually more of leaning a little more old school. Does anybody remember the game Black and White? Never played it, but uh, yeah, I had a big old polar bear that was about. 400 times the size of a regular polar bear. It might be cool to waltz oh, yeah, with. Black and white. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, man. I remember black and white. That game was fun. That would be a fun character to take Wouldn't around. <laughs> Those are some gnarly characters. The, the oh, funny thing about doing walking it, on their back. Do you, do you think if you did that, you would control the character, or do you think part of the deal would be is that you 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 can't actually control the character like it's semi-autonomous oh you'd just be causing havoc. right <laughs> <laughs> hey if you just added like 100 foot tall bipedal lions into some of these games i mean you'd have some chaos 
okay, okay. So, so is that a cooler game though? Because it sounds like it. You know, <laughs> well, I, I think I think you could have the game if you had the option in any game to be like um, like the workshop mode. You know, it's or like mods. Yeah. But look, you can play a vanilla game, or you can go into this wild west full of mods, and you might run into a two hundred foot tall lion. But that's just part of the deal. Um, yeah, I don't see how having a chaos mode would make a game worse. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, that's going to be the thing, right? Like, um, if every game is technically chaos mode, um, then I, 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 I don't think that's breaking the games. I think you're just now playing a different game, right? And there's going to be environments which would sort of have, you know, hyper-restrictive models and ones that are just like, you know what? Roll mm-hmm. the dice, have have fun, right? Um, but I but I do think it's going to have to be bottom up. Um, but I also think it's possible too. So I, I suppose I suppose we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's an old idea, one that's taking on renewed interest because the technology is advancing. So something we'll keep an eye on. But um, Greg Rubin, appreciate you guys hopping on today. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll touch base on this as we go along. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more Daybreak. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Have a good day. Cheers, guys.